get my water right, and I'm going to, uh, hmm? oh, I had it set right there. It fell? How y'all know it fell? That money grabbed y'all attention, didn't it? Didn't that money, you saw that, Pastor? That money grabbed, they ain't looking at me. They ain't looking at their Bible. That money grabbed their attention like they can't even, I ain't never heard y'all talk out in church like that before. I, I tell you, I tell you the truth. When I got saved, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. I, I, I ain't lying. I was a private E1. And when I came in the Army, a private E1 made $530 something dollars a month. I was so poor that our marriage came with children. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't look at me like I'm the only one got my kids in my wedding pictures. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> our marriage came with kids and 500 some dollars don't go a long way. Matter of fact, this is one of the early pictures of us as, as converts. If you'll go ahead and put that first picture up. I think you saw a glimpse of it the other night. That's my wife and I early on as, as converts. As my, you see me behind the drums. I was the first drummer in the Colleen Potter's house church way back, way back when, and I, and I held my own. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't saying nothing about the young man, but I probably embarrassed him over there, but I ain't, <laughs> oh. I ain't saying nothing. We could, we, could, we could go, we could go, but you know, I mean, let me preach first. And uh, on that picture right there, we look hungry, don't we? <laughs> we, we, you better not open up a can of spam around us. You know, <laughs> we look hungry. We didn't have two nickels to rub together. We left Florida. I had just graduated college. I went to Bethune Cookman University, the baddest band in the land, the best school. You can't say HBCU without saying BCU. And so I went to Bethune Cookman University. Don't, don't worry, young man who got accepted at the college recently. Uh, there's forgiveness. <laughs> and uh, we broke. We, 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 I don't know how to explain it, but, but, but we broke. I remember I had a flat tire on my car, and the pastor at the time, uh, he had a job. He worked at the post office, and, uh, and uh, it wasn't no shame in my game. I said, hey, pastor, I need money to fix this flat. <laughs> Uh, he, said, I, he said, how much you need? Just give me $5. I'll buy a used tire. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to put new tires on your car. I was instantly locked in. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was instantly locked in the church. You going to put new tires on my car? <laughs> you know, I know this ain't prostitution or like that, but go ahead and do it, Pastor. <laughs> Over the years, and I want to say, I want you to hear what I say. Over the years, God has blessed my life. I have lived a blessed life. I have lived an abundant life. I live in the blessing of God. And the sermon I'm preaching tonight is one of my favorite sermons because it's going to set some people free tonight. There's some things you don't like to talk about. There's some things you don't like to hear. There's some things that you don't like to deal with. But if you go ahead and deal with it now, down the line, you'll reap the benefits of it later. If you go ahead and work on that credit score, oh my God, my credit score. 
If you go ahead and work on it, get it up from 500. Get into the six. Get into the seven. Get into the eights. You'll live in a different world. You'll live in a different world. Work on those finances. Stop making your account go into the negative. Suffer right now so you can enjoy later. Stop paying them overdraft fees and the bank fees. Stop going to them payday loans. Some of y'all don't even know what a title of your car is. It's at somebody's office over there somewhere. <laughs> Stop going to them payday loans. And when you do that, and you're in charge of your money, and money ain't in charge of you, you, deal, you live a different life. You could do stuff like this. Here, get that to your wife for me, not you. That's for your wife. I know what y'all thinking. I hope he give me some money. <laughs> well, why not? Why, 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 why not? Why don't we? Listen, is it my money? Is it my money? Can I do what I want with my money? Huh? You can, you can look at me. I'm coming to you. You can look at me. Here. It's mom. Give it to mom. Y'all can look at me. I'm coming to you. Can I do what I want with my money? Can I ask you a question? Can God do what he want with his money? Because you got, you got, I'm sorry about the speaker thing right there. You got two kind of people in this room right now. Those that I'm giving money to and those that wish I give them some money. <laughs> Let me know what I'm talking about. Deals Deb and Diga. Hey, she just learned English real fast. Y'all heard? Y'all heard? Y'all heard? Thank you. She didn't say gracias. No, she said thank you. <laughs> Money make you do things like that. Get that to your wife for me. Money make you. Money make you do things like that. Where's that young man? Yes, right here, young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You. I'm looking at you. I know what my eyes look like. We passed that to him for. <laughs> Can I do what I want with my money? Amen. You know why I'm not worried about this? The reality is, pastor buying dinner later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a, there was two more ladies. There was two more ladies. You're so welcome. There was two more ladies. You're so welcome. The book, the book of Ecclesiastes, it's because I'm walking in front of that speaker? Well, if you see me coming toward the speaker, turn it down. You know, this ain't rocket science, you know what I'm saying? The book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 10. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 10. Turn there with me. I got two more fives. Who want them? Y'all like, y'all like, y'all like, I do. I, yes. I'm sorry, kids. I heard Diane's voice. I'm sorry, kids. 
Now, for all y'all who I gave money, I appreciate y'all participating in this little illustration. Give it back to me at the church, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all keep it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Y'all keep it. Y'all keep it. Because, listen, it's my money. How I many know what I'm saying? I can do what I want with it. It's God's money. He can do what he wants with it. Okay. How do we get it from God to us? Are y'all with me? Listen, let's, can, I, can, I, can I break something down to you? In our mind, we don't want to admit it, but sometimes these scriptures don't add up. You know, you ever, you ever, you ever uh, and, 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 and listen, I'm not knocking the scripture, but sometimes they don't add up. Could it be something that's missing? Y'all ever read Luke 6.38? Where it says, give, and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Have y'all read that before? Have you given? And you still waiting on the, and it shall be given unto you. <laughs> and you're wondering, well, you know, I, I did the give part, but the, and it shall be given unto you. We're we still waiting on that. It ain't here yet. You ever ask yourself, why? Why? Have you ever read Malachi chapter 3, verse 10? What the Bible talks about tithes and offering. And God says, if you, if you do this, I'll bless you. Not only will I bless you, but I'll open the windows of heaven. Have you ever asked God, well, God, when are you going to open that window? The wind must have blew it from heaven to my house because ain't, I ain't seen it yet. You ever wonder why it is not happening for you like you read in the Bible? It was a legitimate question that Gideon asked the angel as he was behind the wine press uh, threshing wheat. The question was, if God is with us, then where are the miracles? You ever ask God, where are the miracles? My sister, y'all saw my family the other day. My sister, the one whose husband died, she's a millionaire. I'm talking about cash on hand. I ain't talking about net worth. I'm talking about cash on hand. My other sister, I told you about, they took $300,000 out their savings account and bought the church. Paid for it. Lot, stock, and barrel, everything. It's paid off. No mortgage, no nothing. They just took it out the savings account. My sister, the oldest one, who was on the right side, she said these words. She's always giving nuggets and, 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 and insight. She said, listen, the reason why some people ain't blessed is because God won't throw good money out the bad. God won't bless your bad habits. God won't bless your bad decisions. And God won't bless your unfaithfulness. My sister is so faithful in tithing and in offering. We're getting ready to get into the sermon. My sister is so faithful in tithing and in offering that when her husband died, you, you, you know how the funerals go. You have, we had the wake Friday night. We had the uh, funeral Saturday. And then Saturday evening, everybody started heading back home. And, and Sunday, everybody started heading back home. And, and you're get, getting back on with the regular, day, regular, life, regular life as much as you can after somebody that close died. And so I stayed around my sister's house for a little while longer, me and, me and another brother, because we got to clean out all our brother-in-law stuff and and give stuff to goodwill, and it's, it's a lot of process after somebody dies, uh, and give stuff to goodwill and this, that, and the other. And so we stayed after, and I stayed after that Sunday, and I said, uh, Darius, I'm going to go down to your church, and I'm going to thank all the people who cooked for us 
uh, all the people who stopped by the house, all the people who prayed for us, inquired about us. I'm, I'm going to go down to the church. And uh, she got, they got a church of about 1,500. And, but, I, but I know my sister, I know, I know the pastor. I'm going to go down there and, and, and ask the pastor to speak and, uh, and uh, uh, give, give a couple of thank yous to everybody for all that they've done. She said, I appreciate you doing that, Marvin. Uh, before you go, I want you to take my tithe and my husband's tithe and offerings and put it in the, uh, put it in the offering. I want to tithe off of his last check and his last income that he had. I said, Doris, he's dead. God not that desperate that he's taking tithes off of dead people, okay? <laughs> I said, God, God's not that desperate that he's taking tithes off of dead people. You don't have to do it. I take yours, but you can keep his. You, you know, leave, you can leave his there. He dead. She said, no, stop it. You're not going to stop me from getting a blessing. I said, well, listen, do whatever you want, but I'm, I'm just want you to know when he died, he was released from all, all, uh, all uh, obligations and responsibilities. So she handed me two, two envelopes. And I just noticed that they weren't sealed. And, uh, and I get in the car, and I'm heading over. And they live in Jacksonville. And uh, <laughs> y'all, y'all know us. Y'all know us. And so don't jump ahead of me. And so, uh, <laughs> and so I get in the car. Okay, I said, can I take one of your cars? Uh, she ain't got but two cars, and both of them start with BMW. And so I said, I said, uh, I said, I'm going to take one of your cars. So I get in this big old BMW. I'm like, my God. So this is how the other side lives. <laughs> and so I'm like, my God. And uh, Jacksonville got a lot of bridges. Y'all been there before. Y'all, some of y'all been there before. Y'all know Jacksonville. And it got a lot of bridges and everything. And I'm going over the bridge. And, uh, and I declare to you, it might not have happened, but it looked like to me that as I looked and glanced at that envelope, the lip of that envelope said, hey, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like the lip of the envelope moved. I don't know if the air blew it from the vent or something, but it looked like the lip of the envelope moved. It looked like the envelope said, wouldn't you like to know what's in here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I sure would like to know what's in there. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm trying to drive down the highway, you know. I think it's a 290 or 295, something like that in Jacksonville. I'm trying to drive down the highway with one hand, now in this BMW, and I better not get a scratch on it. I mean, I'm talking about, and I'm trying to, I'm going over here trying to grab this. I think the envelope playing with me. Move, I moved, I moved, I moved. And, and then I finally got the envelope, and, I, and she had two checks in each envelope, one for each tithe and one for each offering. Folks, I am not making this up. Her tithe was $5,000. His tithe was $7,000. She put another $5,000 in offering. Off of his, she put another $7,000 in offering. This is just one couple, half of dead. This is just one one. <laughs> couple putting $24,000 in one offering. And she does it normally. See, we say, ooh, oh, wow, man, praise God. But for some people, that is normal. That is normal. That's what God wants to do with some of you. That you put $20,000 in, it's just another day in the park. That you put $30,000 in, and it's just another day in the park. See, some of y'all, if you put $20,000 in right now, you'd be saying, Pastor, I think it should be some changes around here. 
Uh, do you have me on the schedule to preach, Pastor? You know, <laughs> you know. And you put twenty thousand dollars in my church, I'll let you preach. <laughs> no money raised up. <laughs> so did y'all turn to Ecclesiastes ten? What verse? One verse. One verse. Look at verse nineteen. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. Look what the Bible says. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Now, let me ask a question just real quickly. How many just saw that in the Bible for the first time? Money answers everything. Did y'all read that? But money answers everything. Well, no, Pastor, Jesus answers everything. What the Bible say? What about, see, if you got money, you got answers. How many know what I'm talking about? You got money, you know, anytime you broke and the bills do, how can the wife always ask you, what we gonna do? I don't know. Ain't got no money. Ain't got no answer. Why you ask me? Why you never ask me when we got money, what we gonna do? The Bible says money answers everything. Everything. You got money, you got answers. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take $500 out this account. We're going to pay those bills. We're going to take 1000 over here, and we're going to move it over here. I got money. I got answers. Now, I want you to look at this. Turn with me also right now to Psalms 103. Begin at verse 1. Psalms 103, begin at verse 1. Money answers everything. Now, I know, <clears throat> I know, listen, I know some of you got a problem with money. Listen, I, then you got a problem. Some of you got a problem with money. Then, then you, you got a problem. You probably already don't tithe or give offerings. Or if you do, you don't do it faithfully. You don't do it, you don't do it regularly or faithfully. You, you, got, you got a problem. You know, we don't have a problem nowhere else but when it comes to the church. We don't ever say, man, I'm sick of Walmart. All they want is my money. We don't ever say that. I'm sick of this water bill. I just gave them $75 last month. They want another 75 I'm sick of it. Next time I go pay your light bill, say, you don't care about me, do you? <laughs> no, we don't care about you. And if you care about seeing, you're going to pay this bill. But we quick to say, Man, all the church wants is your money. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. First of all, you ain't got no money. So we don't want nothing from you. You ain't got no money. Are you, are you listening to me? You ain't got no money. <laughs> you say, you know, you're being a little arrogant tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm leaving. There ain't going to be no more services with this guy this year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm leaving. So you go home and lose sleep and have a bad sleep, have a bad night's sleep. I'm leaving. With some of your money. <laughs> Psalms, 103. Psalms 103. God has blessed my life. I tell you, God's blessed my life. God's blessed my life. I don't, I don't preach for money. 
I don't. I appreciate it. My wife appreciate it, but I, I don't preach for money. If I never get off my recliner, if I never leave my recliner, if all I do is sit there and chew bubble gum all day, I make $275 every day. Every day. If I don't never leave my house, I make $275 every day. Every day. So I don't preach for money. I don't. I preach for calling. And one of the things God tells preachers, don't be afraid of their faces. I had a guy call me. We're getting ready to go into the clean conference. And a guy called me. He said, uh, do you have any advice for somebody who's new at taking the conference offering? I said, yeah. One of the things I told him, but well, don't be afraid of their faces. No, don't, be, don't be afraid of their faces. Psalms 103. Listen to this. We're getting ready to close. <laughs> so, Psalms 103. <laughs> verse 1. So if the, first, if the first verse didn't get you upset and riled up, my money answers everything. This, this is surely will. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what church? And forget not all his benefits. There's some benefits to serving God. If you ain't getting your benefits, you need to go check with HR. Listen, I joined the Army back in 1985. It wasn't just because that we get $535 a month, but it came with benefits. It came with medical. It came with full, full benefits for me and my dependents, for me and my family. It came with full benefits. There are benefits to serving God. And then the psalmist begins to name them in verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things. This is the crown jewel of this sermon here where verse 5 says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. That is not talking about a tasty morsel of something to eat. That is not talking about a dessert or a sweet. When it talks about he satisfies your mouth with good things, it's talking about the finer things of life. God gives you the finer things of life. The scripture says these words in another place, the lines have fallen in pleasant places for me. In other words, God has allowed me to enjoy the finer things in life. My children, my grandchildren, but houses and lands, the he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagle. Why are those two there together? How he satisfies your mouth with good things and your youth is renewed like the eagle. Don't nothing renew your youth like something new. You can have a bad bike, but you get a new car, you pimping riding that thing. You know, ooh, ooh, look at that thing right there. You can have plantar fasciitis, but you get yourself a new pair of shoes. You walking around like, oh, uh. Don't nothing renew you. Your, your, your youth, like the eagles, like getting something new. This is why, men, you need to keep your wives in some new stuff. It does something for their attitude. I ain't saying nothing wrong with their attitude, but I'm just saying it does. It does something for their attitude. I, I, listen, I don't care if you got to put it on record. She get up with that new old hottest look. Mm, baby, yeah. Mm. 
It's good enough to wear the church. I ain't thinking about church. I'm talking about the service we're going to have when we get back home from church. <laughs> uh, uh, let me move on, praise the Lord. <laughs> so let's move quickly because I am almost done. I want you to understand something tonight. God can't bless his church until he first blesses you. God has to bless you. And then God trusts you to bring the blessing into the church. He has to bless you. There's not a printer machine that we got printing money in the back. It's illegal to print money. There's not a tree we shake. But we believe God by faith that God is going to bless you and you are going to do the right thing by being a blessing to God. So God has to bless you. And if you know anything about the end days, the end times, the, uh, you know, the, 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 it's coming to an end real quick. Well, you know that there's going to be a great revival. That the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain. That there's going to be a mighty outpouring. That God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And that there's going to be an acceleration. Well, if that is to take place, and God's going to do all that God wants to do, and we're going to do what we do as a fellowship, then God's going to have to release large sums of money in the hands of his people to accomplish all that. Because I don't care how holy you are, I don't care how much you pray, the banks want money. So God has to bless you, and then he trusts you to be a blessing to the church. Listen, the government don't even trust you. That's why they take theirs out first. They take their federal tax out first. They take their FICA. They take their Social Security, and they take whatever else. I don't know. I ain't got a W-2 in quite a while. They take it all out first. And then they give you the rest, and you don't even count it. How much did you make? You look at the bottom of the check. You don't look at the top and say, well, I made 5000 They say, no, I made 3200 You don't even count it. Look straight at it because the government don't trust you. But the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, he trusts you. That as I bless you, you're going to do the right thing and be a blessing to my church. So what is God looking for? First of all, God is looking for people that he can trust. Quit praying that you win the Powerball. If you won the Powerball, you wouldn't even come to church Wednesday night. You would. <laughs> so the psalmist makes some interesting observations. He says, money answers all things. I love the message translation to this verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19. The message translation says, money makes the world go round. You don't believe that? Run out of money. See how fast your world stop. See how fast your activities stop. People say, you want to go fellowship? No, nah, we're just going to the house. <laughs> well, we're going to Applebee's. Y'all go on. Pray my strength in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to the house. Why? We ain't got no money. And you're waiting on those immortal words that they say, we got you because we'll be right there. The psalmist says, first of all, that God is worthy to be praised, and God is worthy to be praised. But you got to notice how the psalmist praises God. He says, all that is within me, 
praises God. You know, I don't just give God some courtesy praise. I don't just go. He said, when I praise God, I give it my all. I mean, I'm praising with my hands. I'm praising with my feet. I'm praising with my voice. He said, I put all my whole spirit, my whole being praises God. Some of you will change your life if you just come to church and get into the praise. Stop looking around what everybody else doing. Stop looking around and say, oh, they're getting a little out of hand over here. Just give God some praise. I went to a church one time, one time, and it blew my, it blew my socks off. I mean, I'd never seen this before. Pastor might remember the guy, uh, Chuck Baker. Uh, I, I blew my socks off. I was preaching for him in, in Illinois, not Illinois, golly, uh, Chula Vista. I was preaching for him in Chula Vista, California. And uh, he, the song leader was up here, and it blew my socks off that I almost got scared. He had probably 175 people in the, in the church that day. And the song leader said, let's all lift our hands. And the whole church lifted their hands. I'm like, whoa! Pastor said, you all right? I said, no. <laughs> he said, what's wrong? I said, everybody lifted their head. He said, they're supposed to. Whoa! When it came to praise, Everybody was praising God. It was so amazing that even the visitors got caught up in it. I don't know what they were saying, but they were, had their heads lifted and their lips were moving. And I don't know if they were praying in spirit or in tongues or in English, but, but they were, even the visitors were caught up in it. I was like, whoa. The psalmist said, everything I got, I praise God with. Why? Because God is good. Amen. Amen. Psalm 73 and 1, truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. See, this, this, when the psalmist says in our text that he satisfies my, my mouth with good things, what he's saying is each day we live, he provides for our needs. But I don't think that one even does it justice. The New Living Translation, that was the contemporary English. The New Living Translation says, he fills my mouth with good things. Why? Because God is a blesser, church. Point two is God is a blesser. I want to close with three key. That's all I'm going to say about point two. Do I need to expound on God's blesser? Point three. I want to close, and I want to give you three keys to blessing. Get ready to write these down. Some of you already employ these keys in your life. <clears throat> but I want to give you three keys to blessing. I've been living by these keys. Oh, you, can ask Wayne, you can ask Wayne and Diane. I've been living by You guys, Pastor Mitchell, he's right. I've been living by these keys for years. Key number one, you've got to remember God. See, some people don't remember God till they broke again. <clears throat> Some people don't remember God till they need something. I've had people come to church and temple and pray God bless them with a car. God bless them with a car, they drive everywhere but church now. They're like, they can't remember the church address. They can't re remember what time the services is. You know, they, can't, they can't remember. We have to learn to remember God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 12 says these words. <clears throat> then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You see, I remember what it's like to be poor. 
I remember what it's like to be broke. I remember the kids, what's for dinner? Ramen noodles. What are we having tomorrow night? Chicken flavor. <laughs> what about after that? Beef flavor. What about after that? Oriental flavor. I'm tired of ramen noodles. Go to bed, dear. Yeah. I remember what it's like to be broke, to be poor. I remember what it's like. Pastor asked, hey, can you pick up the evangelist? No, Pastor, I can't pick him up. Why? I ain't got no AC in my car. There are other times. You got AC in your car? Yeah, I got AC. Can you pick up the evangelist? No, I can't pick him up. Why? I ain't got no gas in my car. We both be going down I-35 pushing. We have to learn to remember God. Second key. We have to obey God. Obey God. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Why do you think he had to say bring all? Why didn't he just say bring the tithe in? Because people get funny with this stuff. Yeah, hey, do we tithe off the net or, or off the gross? Hey, if I've been tithing all year, do I still have to tithe off my income tax? And we get funny with it. I, I kid you not, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he was a guy in Killeen years ago. He's not in our church no more, been gone, been gone for years. Him and his wife, he was one of the band leaders. I can't remember trying to describe him to Wayne. He was a white guy, tall, slender, military type. Uh, but he was one of the band leaders. And uh, this guy thought tithes and offering meant you divide your tithe up and put a little bit in each offering. I was like, of all the harebrained ideas that I have ever, I have never heard of, who told you that? Well, it says tithes and offering. <laughs> A lot of people don't understand the purpose of the tithe. Allow me, allow me to explain. Years ago, when God brought the children of Israel up out of the land of bondage, now it's time to enter into the promised land. It's called Canaan land. It's on the other side of the Jordan River, or, you could, or, you, or it's on the other side of the, the, the Jordan River, that, that, that land that God's going to bless them with. God, Moses is dead. Joshua's taking them across. Moses is dead now. And God says, Joshua, when you get across, we got some work to do. What are we going to do? We're going to have to divide the land amongst the tribes. I mean, it's a lot. It's laborious. It's long. Uh, but we're going to have to divide the land amongst the tribes. That's an interesting study, if you ever want to study that. That there's some children of Jacob that there's not a tribe. There's no tribe of Joseph. You ever wonder why there's no tribe of Joseph? Because Joseph was dead. Or at least Jacob thought he was dead. And he adopted Joseph's sons and made them heirs instead of Joseph. So he's dividing the, the land amongst all the tribe. Reuben, Manasseh, Gad, Simeon, all, all Judah. Everybody's getting some. Except Levi. The tribe of Levi is not getting an inheritance from of the land. 
So when they get over into the, uh, the land, he said, Levi, y'all not going to get nothing. Well, you know how Levi felt about that. What do you mean we ain't getting nothing? Everybody else getting something but us? No, y'all not getting nothing, Levi. So then, what's going to happen to us? How are we going to meet our needs? How are we going to take care? Listen, I got something special for y'all. I, am, I, the Lord, am going to be your inheritance. Oh, okay, so you're going to be our inheritance? Yeah. Okay, I got a question. What? What that mean? <laughs> what? I am going to be your portion. Okay, but we still got bills to pay. We got wives and kids. and, and we I, Listen, what I want you to do, Levi, is I want you to take care of the house of God. Okay, the sanctuary or whatever they had at the time, the temple, the tent of meetings. You, you guys are assigned to take care of the house of God. Make sure the ceremonies are in order. Make sure the, 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 the Passover stuff is in order. Make sure everything's in order. You guys take care of the house of God. Oh, we're going to take care of the house of God. Okay, good. Okay, but how are we going to pay our bills? Listen, man. Wait. The way it's going to work is when the other people bring their tithe in. You're going to take out the needs for the house of God, and then what's left over, you're going to use for your family and your house. Oh! So then when the people bring the tithe in, we take care of the house of God and we also take care of our family. That allows us to be committed and dedicated to the house of God so we ain't got to be out there working. All we do is wait on the people to bring their tithe in. Yes, you got it. So the tithe is for help support the local church, the, 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 the priesthood, the bills, the family of the pastor, the preacher, the parsonage. The tithe is for that. I got a question, God. Yeah. What's your question? What if they don't bring the tithe in? What, what, what do you mean? What if they don't bring the tithe in? I'm God. What do you mean, what if they don't bring the tithe? You God, they my cousins. <laughs> you feel me? I know some of these people. What if they don't bring the tithe in? I was like, hmm. I said, if they don't bring the tithe in, if you don't bring the tithe in, read it in Malachi chapter 3, I'll curse you with a curse. Why are you so hard, God? Because now they make me break my promise to the Levites. I called them to this position. I called them to this stewardship. I called them. And I set this stuff in place. And now, if they don't bring the tide in, now they're making me look bad. And listen, there's somebody who you don't want to make look bad. And that's God. And so the tithing is to operate the local church, the local assembly, the lights, the advertisement, whatever it takes. The parsonage, the pastor's house, his family, whatever it takes. Okay, well, what, are, what, what do we do with the offerings? I'm glad you asked. For legal purposes, 
everything above a tithe is an offering. I know we have different, different budgets and different things we have. We might have a building fund. Uh, we might have an evangelism fund. We might have a mission trip fund. We might have all kind of funds. We might have a, a door scene fund. But everything above a tithe is the offering. The tithe is for the local church. With the offerings, we reach the world. We reach the world. This is why God said, you robbed me in tithe and offering. I've had the privilege of, okay, I'm, I'm, by, I'm, by, I'm by in no means trying to say that me and Pastor Wayman are buddies. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say that. But I had the privilege of getting to know him a little bit. Our pastor, Pastor Mitchell, will invite him to clean and preach for us and rallies and do uh, marriage seminars, retreats, and we get to go to dinner with them, spend some time with them, get, them, get to ask some questions. I begin to see them at different conferences and different events and Chandler, Prescott. I, the last time I was with Pastor Mitchell, we were in uh, a healing crusade in Mexico City. We had a healing crusade in Mexico City. I had got a chance just to spend some time with him just a little bit, just a little, just get, just get to know him. And one of the things Pastor Mitchell said, and I remember that to this day, to this day. He said early on, the fellowship early on, we had more men than money. We had men on top of men wanting to go, but we didn't, we didn't have no money. Didn't, didn't have the money to send them. Now, we've got more money than men. That we got the money now. Why? Because people have proven faithful over the years. People have built up a, 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 a faithful a resume and people are giving and people are understanding and people are being liberal. And, and now we got more, more money than men. Why? Because people are beginning to obey God and realize the tie is not between you and me. It's not between you and the pastor. It's not between you and the church. It's between you and God. We've got to learn to obey God. There's a third thing we have to do. Key number one, we've got to remember God. Key number two, we've got to obey God. Key number three, you've got to learn to bless God. Just, just bless God. I'm not giving because it's tithe time. I'm not giving because it's, it's offering time. I'm giving because I just want to bless God. I just want to give God a gift. You know, people got it so backwards. Everybody get a gift in Christmas but Jesus. Oh, that's just, I, I started to use some unpolitically correct words, language right there, but I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to refine myself, you know. <laughs> Everybody get a gift but Jesus. And we, we have stuff so messed up, have stuff so backwards, that I just want to be a blessing to God. Listen, I'm, I'm overjoyed that I could take $150 and spread it out. So I just want to be a blessing. And I, and I hope it's a blessing. I hope you don't go buy some black and miles. <laughs> I hope you don't. <laughs> I hope you don't stop and get a pack of Newports. <laughs> I, I hope you don't do that with it. You know, get some Mad Dog 2020. Or oh, what's the word? Thunderbird. What's the price? A dollar twice. I just want to be a blessing. Well, sometimes when I give, I just want to be a blessing to God. I just, I just, I just want to, I just want, 
I'm not trying to twist God's arm or get his attention. I just want to be a blessing. Look what the word of God says. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. He says, I'm not seeking a gift or nothing back, but I just want fruit that, that's going to abound in your account. Our text says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. See, Abel understood this. You wonder what's the difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering. Nothing. But there's a big difference between Abel's heart and Cain's heart. You can find this out in the conversation that God had with Cain afterwards. If you do what's right, you'll be accepted. If you don't do what's right, sin lies at the door. And his desire is for you. The issue was their heart, not what they brought. Abel understood. Abel said, Abel, Abel getting his office, said, listen, I just want to bless God. God gave us the whole earth. On top of that, we got this luxurious garden. I just want to bless God. And Abel, the Bible says, when he went to uh, bring his offering and, 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 and bless God, the story is finished. The story starts in Genesis, but it's finished. It's finished in Hebrews, and it gives us some more behind-the-scene look at what actually happened. The Bible says that when Abel brought his gift, God testified about Abel's gift. Now think about that. God testified about Abel's gift. Hebrews chapter 4, verse, uh, rather Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he attained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gift. How did God testify about somebody's gift? I don't know, but travel with me in my imagination real quickly. Maybe they're having worship service in heaven and Gabriel's leading the band and Michael's on the bass and they're getting down and, and, and uh, Jesus probably say, hey, open up for testimonies. And Gabriel says, does anybody want to give a testimony? And uh, God says, I want to give a testimony. And he says, God, you want to give a testimony? Yeah, I want to give a testimony. The mic is yours. Not that you need a mic, but the mic is yours, God. The floor, the floor is yours. What's your testimony? Did you see what Abel did? Did you see Abel? Abel understands the offering. Abel understands blessing God. In Psalms 27, 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what the psalmist is saying? You know, I understand, you know, you get to heaven, there's going to be pearly gates and streets of gold and walls of jasper. But I don't live in heaven right now. I live down here. I don't need no some, I don't need some pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. I need some sound on the ground while I'm still around. <laughs> I need something right here, right now. And the sermon says, I would have lost heart. Unless I believe that I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that God will bless me right here, right now. Folks, I've been living a blessed life. Me and Wayne was driving down from uh, the other airport, and uh, 
I said, you see that vehicle right there? It was a, oh man, it was a Lexus. Was it a 470, something like that? It was a Lexus 470. And I said, that's, that's the kind of vehicle my wife wants. The big SU, the big Lexus SU, that's the kind of vehicle my wife wants. And then we just kept talking and driving some more. And guess what passed us again? Another Lexus 470. I say, see, that's God right there. God wants my wife to have that Lexus, that Lexus 470. And then we kept driving and driving for, for getting closer to Newport News. And another Lexus passed us. I'm like, God, I hear you. I see you, God. I believe you, God. It's going to happen. You say, Alexis? Alexis? Yeah, Alexis. Patrick liked to say, you buy cheap, you buy twice. You buy, you buy cheap, you buy twice. It'll get something that's going to last. And you got to spend mechanic money every other month. You buy cheap, you buy twice. I want to see the goodness of the Lord now. Amen. Now. This sermon is titled, The Blessing of the Lord. God's got blessing for you. You can fuss, fight, and argue. You can, you can continue the way you are. Don't have two nickels to rub together. Or you can apply these keys. Remember God. Obey God. Bless God. And step into a new life. You ever go, you ever go to an outreach and you in that neighborhood that you feel like you don't belong there? <laughs> I mean, no, I'm talking about. Yep. If you go in the ghetto, you be like, oh, we're gonna get some people saved today. Yeah. <laughs> people gonna get delivered today. But you in that other neighborhood, hey, y'all, don't walk on the grass. <laughs> don't, don't, walk, don't walk on the, don't, don't, don't assemble. Y'all look like a mob. Don't assemble. Y'all spread out. Y'all spread out. And then Brother Johnny, so black, you tell Johnny, Johnny, you wait in the car. <laughs> you wait. <laughs> Johnny. I want to preach too. Well, you get your chance, but not now, not now. <laughs> Why do you feel uncomfortable there? Why do you feel like you don't belong there? That needs to change. And it starts tonight. At this altar call, we're going to pray. At this altar call, listen to me closely. There's some things we need to repent of. If you only tithe, even if you tithe faithfully, but you don't give offerings liberally, you're just as guilty of robbing God. You need to repent of robbing God. You need to repent of sometimes tithing is sometimes not. You need to repent of being unfaithful in pledges. Because, you know, we don't, ask, we don't ask you to put your name on it. But we do trust and believe that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. Sometimes it ain't even worth the paper it's printed on. And some of y'all tore up a flyer to write a pledge that you ain't going to keep on. You just made it worse. 
We need to repent and do what's right. Why? Because as I said in the opening, God is looking for people that he could trust with large sums of money. You remember when you were growing up? Musicians, y'all can come on up. You remember when you was growing up and you thought $100 was a lot of money? $100 won't last a night now. You can't even take a couple out on $100 real good. You're trying to suggest things for them. Hey, don't the chicken tenders look good? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> well, no, I was looking at this ribeye over here. No, look at the chicken tenders. <laughs> I remember I took a, took a picture of my first time I got a check for $1,000. $1,000 ain't even a drop in the bucket no more. God looking for people. God looks for people that he can trust with large monies. Large monies. And those two sisters I told you about are followed by two other sisters. That when the sisters, they both worked for the county their whole life. They retired now. That when they worked for the county and they, they walked out, you know how you, these people give you a golden parachute? They gave both of them a half million dollars. In addition to their retirement annuity pension, they gave both of them a half million dollars. And you know what I appreciate about these sisters? I'm their favorite brother. <laughs> I'm their favorite brother. Getting ready to go visit my dad. My dad's 94, 95, somewhere. We don't know exactly how old he is. And my sister said, hey, don't rent no car. I've got a palisade for you. I said, okay, <clears throat> okay, yeah. <laughs> got it, got it. Those girls tithe and give offerings faithfully. Of the uh, seven boys, Four of them are doing pretty good. One of them right here in uh, Fayetteville, retired first sergeant there in Fayetteville. And he said, Marvin, if you ever need anything, just give me a call. I don't care how much. If you ever need anything. And I don't need nothing because I live a blessed life. Another retired there, Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, uh, Tipton, I think, Valdosta, Valdosta. Retired E-9. Tithing and being faithful to offerings making $15,000 a month if they don't do another thing the rest of their life. Talking about the blessing of God to people and their faithfulness. Now you can sit there and argue doctrine. Oh, that's old covenant, new covenant, that's old testament. You sit there and argue doctrine. You sit there and talk about how Creflo Dollar said that tithing is not scriptural. You can sit there still being broken pole. I live a blessed life. Who else you know come here and preach and pass out money like that? I wish I was in one of my services. <laughs> and it's my joy. Because God's a blesser. I want you to bow your heads.
There's some things we need to get right. Because God just looking for people he can trust. And I do these things after the love offering. I don't want you to think I want a nickel from you, because I don't. I understand the, the agreement that the fellowship has with the visiting speakers and all this. But I don't want you to think I'm here trying to pad anything or trying to add an extra dollar. When I worked for the city of Colleen, I was a garbage man back in the day. I made $5.25 an hour. I, I, I tithe faithfully. When I worked for 7-Eleven, I tithe faithfully. When I worked for the post office, I tithe faithfully. And God's been blessing my life. And it's my joy to give. I like giving money to kids. And I ask them, what did you do with the money? I put it in the offering. Those are people that God's going to bless greatly when their time comes for employment and giving and tithing. And And after we pray at this altar, I have a prayer we're going to pray. And I want you to think about this question. As you're at the altar, and God knows who's sincere and who's serious. Think about this question as we're at the altar this morning. If God were to bless you lavishly, what would you do for God? If God were to drop a half million on you, what would you do for God? If God were to drop a million and a half, what would you do for God? If all of a sudden you you find yourself in one of those situations where if you drink the water at Camp Lejeune, you find yourself in one of those situations. What would you do for God? And God knows who's sincere. Because Haggai chapter 2 verse 17, I love the book of Haggai. Haggai chapter 2 verse 17 says, God knows that you sincerely repented. And because you sincerely repented, God's going to bless you from this day forward. See, God ain't going to wait to pay day to bless you. When you're sincere with God, God, I'm going to start doing what's right. I'm going to start honoring you with tithes and offerings. I'm going to start arguing about the gross and the net. God, I'm putting you first in everything. I'm going to start arguing about should I tithe off of income tax or should I? God, I'm just going to put you first. My wife, one of them coupon ladies. And I thank God for her. She's very good at it. And she'll have a, she'll have a garage sale or, and a stockpile sale. And, and my wife will make $1,000 in two or three hours. She'll make $1,000 in two or three hours. She don't say, look what I got. she said, say, I want to bless God first. I want to bless God first. I know I preached a pretty pointed sermon, and God's going to help us in this area tonight. We're going to make some commitments to God. And it wasn't exactly a salvation, repentance sermon. But that doesn't change your need for Jesus. And maybe you're here, you're not saved, you're not right with God. There's sin in your life. 
You need Jesus Christ to forgive your sin. And you'd be honest and you'd be sincere tonight. And you say, Pastor Mitchell, Pastor Wells, I'm not right with God. Before you close the service, will you pray for me? Yes, we will. If that's you, slip your hand up, put it right back down. All across this place. God bless every last one of you children. You need Jesus, ma'am. God bless you. God's going to help you tonight, ma'am. God's going to help you tonight. Who else? I want to get right with Jesus. I want to pray. I want to know my sins are forgiven. Maybe you're backslidden and you want to come back to Jesus. Slip your hand up. Let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. Hallelujah. Now I want to listen, listen. I want you to listen to me very closely. Your children, when, when your parents come, you can come with your parent down to the altar. Number of kids. But there's some grown-ups that raise their hand. If you're sincere, ma'am, you raise your hand. I want you to meet me at the altar. Just come. I want to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. You understand? Yes, God bless you. Take your time. We're in no hurry. Take your time. Just come. One of the ladies is going to help you, and I want you to sit on the front row, ma'am. If you sit here on the front row, you don't have to worry about uh, I understand we're getting older. We need these front rows. Just sit right here. She's going to help you. She's going to pray with you. Be merciful to me, a sinner. You see, church, the beauty of this message is everything you've done or have not done is between you and God. We don't know your records. We don't know what you're doing or what you're not doing. But you know. And you know what God's dealing with you about. Faithfulness, robbing God, unfaithful in pledges, unfaithful in offering. And God gives you the opportunity in the privacy of your own heart to come down and get things right. You see, if I wasn't faithful in a $50,000 house salary, well, God wouldn't trust me with a $200,000 church salary or church income with a $50,000 church. See, God looking for people to prove faithful so he can use them in greater areas. And God is looking right now for people. Doesn't matter if it's man, woman, boy, girl. God looking for people that he can trust with large money. But God won't throw good money at the bad. I want us all to stand. I want to open these altars. I want you to come find a place to pray. It's between you and God. We don't know what y'all are doing or what you're not doing. But God is looking for people he can trust with large monies. Repent. Make a commitment to God. He said, you won't be faithful in the unrighteous of mammon. Who's going to give you the true riches? Who's going to give you the true riches?